Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today we are back with you, back talking about new metal and talking about a band that, you know, really, if we want to think about it, is one of the one of the most important bands that we've talked about on this show. This band has just sort of permeated. We talk about them. We talk about their lead singer all the time. For one reason, longtime listeners know, he blessed Jenny and Mitch's wedding. He sure did. Hey, Jenny and Mitch. This is Scooter from Cold. <laughs> wishing you guys the best of luck on your future and a beautiful marriage. Hey, so far, the blessing has worked, I gotta say. As we all know, it's been a bit of a tumultuous <laughs> since <one>. September. <laughs> it's been a tumultuous time. But, uh, you know, Mitch and I are doing well. So I think the scooter blessing really does carry weight. There you have it. So the scooter blessing worked, and that means that we are talking about Cold this week and their album, Year of the Spider. We're going to talk all about this record. We're going to talk about the videos. We're going to talk about the making of documentary baby that's right we got another doc to talk about and uh which means we're also going to talk about the cold army who those guys incredibly loyal they're probably listening right now cold army hello welcome back to the show but before we get to that guys we have got to talk about who's tweeting who's tweeting who is more importantly jenny who's sliding into those dms well i'll tell you shannon from spike 1000 slid into our dms boosh shannon says hi this is shannon from spike 1000 i really enjoyed your podcast about waste of skin you guys hit some very close ideas of this journey thank you for the kind words there's so much more to know so much a real cliffhanger of a dm i gotta say i'd love to learn more uh i love i love a cliffhanger so very pleased Indeed, uh, I did. I did exchange a few more DMs with Shannon, and uh, she, you know, she was curious about how we ended up finding her band, and we chatted a little bit about other bands, and uh, I, th- yeah, I think we're going to talk to Shannon some more. She's a pretty cool lady. Uh, so thank you, Shannon, for uh, reaching out. We also got a DM from Nick Powers, who said, "Has Stereo Mud been suggested? I big thrifted Perfect Self for one dollar the other day." And I was pretty surprised. Maybe not the most unique album, but pretty solid chugging riffs. Also an interesting Life of Agony connection. Uh, I think Stereo Mud at one point, I think we were about to do them, but for some reason we didn't. I don't know, for whatever reason. But uh, I guess the push is back. Also, $1? An incredible thrift. What a thrift. What a thrift. Uh, Todd Anderson says, My dear fellow coachers, I'm new to this podcast two weeks ago. The first episode I listened to was Downset. Now I'm going back two or three eps a day while working. The Roach Bonics and Quips I love. I never really liked the big names of new Metal. I was definitely more into lesser known bands that teetered and tottered on the edge. Being 41, I was there, but I was way into metal before this happened. But there was bands I like. I want to drop a couple suggestions. Devil Driver's self-titled first album. Dog Fashion Disco, Committed to a Bright Future. Well, thank you very much, Todd, and welcome. 
Welcome, Todd. Thank you. Uh, I don't think Talk Fashion Disco, has that been recommended before? I don't think that's on the long list. I don't think so. I don't think we've heard. I haven't heard that name before. There we go. I guess we've got to add them to the list. And uh, Devil Driver, well, obviously we've seen Devil Driver live. I think there was a bit of controversy on whether or not Devil Driver even counts as new metal, since they seem to be a dip away from Cold Chamber. I don't know. Maybe there's a push, you know? We still got one. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. If we got to do, we got to, there's one more Cold Chamber record, right? I don't know what the timeline works. No, wait, no. He, he ended Cold Chamber. He did Devil Driver for a while. Then he came back and they did a Cold Chamber reunion record. So I guess timeline-wise, we we could do one. We could. Hey, the only people stopping us is us. Is us. Yeah. So Do we want to, yeah. it's dog fashion disco, D-O-G? That, that's right. Do we want to hear some? Yeah, let's hear some. Sure. All right. Now, you know how we do this. There was no recommended track. Mm. So I'm going with the number one choice from this band. Oh. Here is Wait by Dog Fashion Disco. What's happening? <laughs> I want to say wait right now. Like, wait, what? Hold on. Maybe there's a drop. All right, I kind of see what's happening there. Yeah, what was that one called? <laughs> Dog Fashion yeah. Disco. No, the, the song. Wait. Okay. I'm wondering, because they did recommend a specific album committed to a bright future. That sounds like it might be um, from a different record. But uh, looking up the genre tags on uh, committed to a bright future, I'm seeing avant-garde metal, experimental rock, alternative metal, and funk metal. So Mm. those horns. Yes, that was from an album called Erotic Massage. So (laughs) since it did, since... We did that thing where I got into your car and I was like, you got to hear this song. And then we played the wrong song. Let me do at least one from Committed to a Bright Future. This is Pogo the Clown. All right, we're going to (laughs) stop. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) I have heard of Dog Fashion Disco. I'm not sure why. I can't place it, but... I feel like somebody that I work with recommended this band to me because I said that I liked Mr. Bungle and they knew that I did a new metal podcast. So yeah, I feel like this is in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to fast forward like a few minutes. Yeah, they're kind of all over the place. It's um, It sounds like ska. Sounds like ska. Look, I'm not mad. That's another reason someone might have suggested it to me. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely true. heard of this. Yeah, this would also make sense why no one's ever recommended it to me. So <laughs> I think we all know why we are or are not hearing about this band. Okay. Either way, Todd, thank you so much. We really appreciate you writing. We really appreciate you listening.
Thank you, Todd. Uh, we also got a DM from Andy Ohm who says, Hey, guys, love the podcast. I've been listening to you guys since almost the beginning, and even though you dog on my guys in Seven Dust, I still love the show. I would like to make a suggestion for you guys to review the album Shut Your Breath by Simon Says. It's a super underrated album and has a grunge meets Deftones vibe. I'm also not ashamed to self-promote and would love it if you guys would check out my band, Red Letter, and our first single music video for our song, Daggers. There are heavy old school new metal influences as well as some modern new metal vibes throughout. Keep on rolling. Never be ashamed to self-promote. If you can't promote yourself, then what can you promote? How the hell is anyone else going to promote you? That's you right. got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. Uh, so I got it queued up, baby. All right. This all right. Daggers. Let's check, let's check it out. Let's check it out. red letter all right red letter <laughs> we see you we see you thank you andy uh that was great let yeah. us know if you're ever in the metro detroit area playing a show at- post COVID. oh yeah no this is gonna have to be a while <laughs> i mean if you're playing a basement show have a good time look i'm not saying soon but we all are going to have to go back out there eventually. Like, it's going to be safe again. So in like a year, yeah. if you're coming through, let us know. Just let us know. Let us and know. We'll, let and us we'll, know. Yeah. And, uh, and going back through his message, uh, Simon says, shut your breath, I believe was recommended a while back by my buddy, Joe lives in Boston, listens to the show every now and again. And um, he was like, yeah, you got to check these guys out. I went and found that they had two albums. I picked them both up. And I think these are some guys who, their first album, they were sort of doing like almost like a pop punk metal thing. And they look sort of like a, a boy band on the front cover, look a little LFO-y. And then something happened. They did this next record and things got real heavy. So, but I think that, I think the Simon Says push has is, is happened a, few, a couple times. So I think this might be the one to push over the top. So I think we got to do a Simon Says record. Or Simon Says episode, I should say. So uh, thank you, Andy. And uh, finally, Jenny, in our DMs, um, Rob Adams, a.k.a. Trevor Danger, now is something of a roach coach cub reporter bringing us all the news, all the new metal news that's fit to print. He sent us four news articles. Yes, he did. The first one. Jenny, hit us with this first one. So, the first one. Head P.E. to release a thrashy, punky new album 
in August. Uh, so Head P.E. turns out is going to be releasing a new album on August 22nd. And uh, Jared had something to say to us. Uh, and this is what Jared had to say. Next record, drums, bass, guitar, vocals. Turned off the auto-tune, by the way. I mean, I had no idea some of y'all would hate so much, but your comments made it back to me. And so on this one, we took it back to that thrashy, punky vibe. A definite G-punk feel to this next one. It's finished and about to be mastered. I fucking love it. I trust you will as well. Can't say this will be the last head PE record, but it'll be the last one for a while. I'll explain later. Anyway, here's a track listing. We got 10 tracks. That's a good number of tracks. My favorite. But uh, 10 is yeah. honestly my favorite. Five and five, done. Jenny, some of these song titles are great. Do you have a favorite? Old Time Snake. Oh, no, it's Old Time Snake. If it was Old Time Snake, it would have been my That's favorite. That's an all-timer of a name. <laughs> yeah, old... Uh, well, I... I think that maybe if anybody wants it, they can have it. But just just remember, old time snake, you heard me here first. But it's old time's sake. How about you, Lauren? I think Watch It Burn sounds very promising. Death Awaits. And then track seven, Greedy Girl. You know that one's an instant classic, ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most of these are in all caps, no spaces between the words, which is... How you get the snake, snake embarrassment I stumbled through there. Uh, but hey, you know what? August 22nd, 2020 will be here before you know it. And your comments are making it back to Jared. So <laughs> just, you know, your comments do make it back to people. I know you feel like you're screaming into the fucking void. But most people don't have anything better to do than see what other people are saying about them, even if they pretend like they don't. So just be gentle, sweet angels. <laughs> Your comments get back to Jared. You want to talk about some of these other yeah. some of these other reports we got? So yeah, we have a couple other uh, news items sent to us by Rob Adams. For one, Aaron Lewis says new stain music is coming. Mm. So oh there boy. you have it, everybody. It's a threat. So stay in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Hide your this watch. year has been bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, he also says that it's heavy. This stuff's going to be heavy. Not, mm -hmm. not like it's been a while. Not like outside. This new stuff's going to be heavy. He's got to ready to work out some heavy stuff. So. I'm giving you, know. you 10 mud shovels. Please do if if if, uh, yeah. Aaron, if Aaron Lewis gave us ten mud shovels, wow, he'd be onto something there. We could know. we could dig a whole in ground pool. <laughs> yes, if he did that with that really. mud shovel. Well, we could do some really great excavation, some real good um, outside remodeling, definitely. Um, Adima is working on new music. All right, there you go. And um, just this week, as we record this, it is the twentieth anniversary. Of Deftones' White Pony. Important record. Great record. We've done it on the show. It's in the canon. There was an oral history of the album on TheRinger.com this week, which I highly recommend reading. If you if you listen to the show, you need to read this article because it is the shit. It's incredible. There's also some Limp Bizkit blasphemy in it, which I did not enjoy, but you take what you can get. Also, Deftones are working on a White Pony remix album called black stallion 
Wow. It grew up and changed color. There you go. And apparently, apparently this has been in the works for 20 years. They met DJ Shadow back before White Pony even came out. And they were like, you got to remix our record. And he was like, who are you guys? <laughs> and here we are 20 years later. They got DJ Shadow, baby. And other people. They have not named everybody else who's going to be on it. But um, I'm excited. Also, they've also said this new Deftones record, it's coming together. That also could be coming in the fall. So hot fall ahead of us, you guys. You know? I mean, if they drop a... If they, here's the thing. If the fall brings us new head PE, a new Deftones record, and a vaccine, what a incredible fall, right? <laughs> Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm not even going to tempt the world at this point. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, I'll all take right. what I can get. I'll yes. take what I can get. Uh, well, thank you, Rob, for your reportage. Keep those stories coming. Thank you, everybody who was sliding into those DMs. Keep on sliding into them over on Twitter, over on Facebook, over on Instagram. Um, also, we've got to go back and touch into Andrew Wolf's long list of recommendations. He sent us of uh, I think about fifteen bands and specific songs that he said we should check out for the show. Previous episodes we listened to Charcoal Tongue, we've listened to Secret, we've listened to Jinx. Jenny, who are we listening to this week from this list? Let's listen to Lavelle or Level. I don't know the it's capitalized all strange. So Level and their song Unstable. Or Lavelle, <laughs> if you're feeling fancy and luxurious. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see that it's gonna be a tough, tough one. Oh, level and unstable. Uh, unstable <laughs> that's level. That's, yeah, level. that's really. Well, I have L, uppercase E, lowercase V, uppercase E, lowercase L, uppercase, and that's this a... is unstable. Bye. Level. chorus jenny what do you think of lavelle lavelle or level it just all depends on 
if you took French in high school or not, how you choose to read that. I personally, we, did I take French? Uh, we, I did. <laughs> and that is about how much I paid attention. <laughs> uh, I liked it. It was all right. I'd like to hear more. Um, Lavelle, thank you. I liked it. Matt? That's enjoyable. I liked it too. All right. We all like Lavelle. I'm also saying it that way because I also took French in high school. Didn't do well at it, but I took it. All right. Well, thank you once again, Andrew. Thank you so much for this list. We're going to revisit this again very soon. And uh, finally, we got to talk about some feedback we received for our special Wig Talk April Fool's episode. Wig Talk. Wig Talk. Yes. Nate Bender says Wig Talk was a nice surprise. But I feel like this was a Corky and the Juice Pigs missed opportunity. Believe you me, it had crossed my mind. I was thinking about it, but then it probably would have been like a 15-minute episode because I doubt that I could have gotten you guys to go through much more of the songs without you wanting to turn them off. Well, that's your life every week, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, (laughs) we've we've made you listen to... Three disturbed albums at this point. <laughs> What's one Corky and the Juice Pigs album to us? Yeah, next next one's gonna be Pants by Corky and the Juice Pigs. <laughs> uh yes. Uh Nick Jones says I'd never heard of Afghan wigs until listening to Roach Coach. Just started the episode. And I think I'm just happy to listen to the Roach review anything. Thank you, Nick. Also always appreciate that, Nick. And also, like I, it's still there were a bunch of comments we got that people had never heard of the Afghan Wigs. Uh, Josh Toomey messaged me and says, "I've never heard of this band. I've never heard of these guys before." Surprised me. Surprised me. Living in a bubble, a wigs bubble. Yep, you're living under a wig. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Daniel Hedger says, although I don't think I'm now a fan of the wigs based on this episode, this does act as a pilot for an idea I suggested as a special month-long series. Bring in a random album one of the team likes and talk about that. Well done. You're right. You did have that idea. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Gareth Davies says, no very Cantrell. Oh, if you thought that I was going to bring in very Cantrell, <laughs> you're out of your mind. <laughs> I uh, says, what a treat that would have been. As someone with no history with the wigs, but oddly a bunch of gutter twins tracks in rotation, this one didn't really land for me. 90s alt rock was never my thing. The cover of Dinosaur Juniors without a sound is my expression listening to alt rock. Wow. Back in the day, it never interested me enough musically to get stuck into the lyrics. I mean, where's the groove? Why turn your volume to 10 when your gain is at 1? This music all feels secondary to your poetry recital. Jesus, <laughs> Garrett. Shots fired. He's, shots he's fired. down. He's down. Stop hitting him. Greg Dooley is hit. He's down. He's down. You've got him on the ropes. I don't, I don't agree, but I love that takedown. <laughs> and he says, I don't know. It Savage. always felt... It always felt like a slippery slope from the wigs to pavement to Dinosaur Jr. to Urge Overkill to Better Than Ezra to the Gin Blossoms to Collective Soul to Counting Crows to Hootie and the Blowfish to fucking Matchbox 20. Wow. I I feel riddled with bullets. I'm Jay-Z at the end of the 99 Problems video right now. Like, my God. Um, listen, like you're listening to gentlemen and it's full of angst, alienation, sex, drugs, and booze. Then your mom walks past and says, 
that sounds nice. What band is this? Do they do that I want to push you around song? <laughs> Ah, he says of course as an adult i still feel kind of the same but i can at least recognize that my stamp of approval is nobody's yardstick for musical quality winky emoji (sighs) i mean us either us either and i have to tell you gareth and i'll admit to everybody right now that when that matchbox 20 song came out i lived for it i was i think most would consider me to be a, a little kid at that point. I think I was like 11 or 12, probably. I don't know, maybe a little older. But when did that, when was Push released? Let me look this up because I remember I watching feel like the it's video. 1999, but no, I'm probably no. wrong. No, no, I feel like it's like 96. Like, I feel it like- was, I was, let's see here. It was released on May 27th, 1997. Wow. 97. So I, yeah, I would have been, um, I would have been 12, 13 that age. Yeah. And I just, God, I was like, oh, Rob Thomas, you really get me. And my best friend, Renee, thought he was hot. And I made fun of her about that. So, you know, Gareth. I was. I was taking that dip. I went I went backwards through your line though. I went from Matchbox 20 and then I climbed my way to the wigs, I'd say. And so, I had a huge you know. 90s blind spot for pavement. That was a much later in my life discovery. I've tried with pavement. I have a copy, I think, of Slanted and Enchanted, like the deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. And it's just never really clicked for me. I've just never, I don't think it's bad. It's just never I get uh, it. got there for me. And the same thing with Dinosaur Jr., man. That is I, never, ever hit me. I have tried, but like you hear a song and you're like, oh, these guys kind of rip. But then you hear more songs and you're like, I'm all set. I'm fine. Like it's, they basically just run that sound into the ground. And some people are like, that's cool. Let me see who else. Urge Overkill, never really listened to them. I liked them. Uh, Better than Ezra, you know what? Good is a good song. And <laughs> they got another one. They got another one that was on like their follow-up record that I remember. But I don't remember what it was called. But I remember thinking of that. But then after that, they kind of like fell off uh, my radar. I think they fell off everybody's radar. So, ooh, they did have an album called Friction Baby, which I remember always thinking was a really good album title. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, okay. The gin blossoms are good. I'm gonna say that. Oh yeah. I mean, all those gin blossom singles are incredible. And we listen to Bush too, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> now, now we're just threatening you with our love of '90s alt rock. Well, listen, listen. There's no Bush slander in this house. All right. We're not gonna hear it. <laughs> this okay? is the house that Bush built. All right. All right. Not, not we're either. we're gonna have to do another spinoff of just '90s '90s alternative bands. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to do it. But back to the task at hand here. Justin Kramer says, "I squealed with so much joy during this episode. Love that record so much." Also, to back up what another listener requested a week or so ago, you should review some Red. Their album Declaration has so much new metal chug that I thought I walked right back into 2003. So good. As always, thanks for the great show, guys. Thank you. 
Thank you. Timothy Jen Henderson says, I never thought this day would come. I love you guys so much. Hope to meet y'all someday. Thanks for bringing the joy. Metal fingers, heart emoji. Appreciate that. That makes my fucking night. Thank you. And finally, Ronnie Neely says, really awesome episode. Great job, Matt. I've never heard of the Afghan wigs before listening to Roach Coach, so it was a treat to finally hear the music behind the memes. (laughs) Sign me up for more Matt Noss Roach Coach specials. Also, regarding Mortis, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with his discography. While his music from 2004 to 2017 would probably fit well on the podcast, that was the period he dropped the troll persona. So please, 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 at some point, do 2001's A Smell of Rain. It's so cheesy but great, and I'd love to hear you guys rip it to shreds. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong, but Why must we punish Mortis? Uh... Mortis, I, I I'm just surprised that he dropped the troll persona for that many years, like more than a decade. He was no no troll makeup. Come on, Mortis, get it anyway, together, Mortis. Get, it, get your shit together. Well, it sounds like he did. If he dropped it, he brought it back after 2017. Perfect, great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everybody for writing in and saying hello and sliding into the DMs. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Matt Nas, we got we got some t-shirts for sale. Oh, yes, we do. We have two t-shirts for sale. The pre-sale is still up. We're going to print these in the middle of July. Uh, so you have a couple weeks left. This is a single run on this t-shirt. Um, so we're trying to give you as much time as humanly possible. But um, basically, it is the Activate the Pit t-shirt. We have it in black on red or full color on beautiful, just so soft to the touch black t-shirt. Looking so good, looking so right. If you buy one of these motherfucking t-shirts, you are instantly entered to win a signed poster. Hybrid Theory, Lincoln Park. That's the grand prize. We got a running up prize, which is Tenacious D. For a reason yeah. other than a story I told on this show. Uh, Gabbermedia.com slash store is where you go. I think roachcoach.com slash store will also take you right there. Um, so, Or go to roachcoach.com and then select store from the dropdowns. Uh, that will also take you right there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your support. Um, the, the money is helping us do uh, more stuff with the show. There you go. There you yeah. go. Oh, and to start our t-shirt empire. <laughs> There it is. The big big goal. The big goal. When we started it, I remember, Jenny, you said to me, I just want to make some shirts. Yeah. And we thought the best way to do that (laughs) would be to do a three-hour-long new metal podcast for four years. For four years before we made our second (laughs) T-shirt. Yeah. Look, it's not the path. This is the the long con. Yeah. It's not the path most commonly taken, but... Why would I do that? I don't want to be predictable and just make a shirt. <laughs> no way. Absolutely not. I mean, you married someone who makes shirts all the time, but you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's extremely accessible for me. So I prefer, I still have to work for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, there you have it, everybody. Definitely head over. Get your pre-order in on these hot teas. And now it is time to talk about the album of the week. The third album from Cold, Year of the Spider. Jenny, when did this album come out? Uh, this album was released on May 13th, 2003. That's the come down. Indeed, it is the come down. Jenny, we'll start with you. History with Year of the Spider. I don't have any. I've heard the song Stupid Girl, and I didn't realize this uh, until we were listening to this for this episode, but I had heard the song Suffocate as well. I don't know how or why, but I did. Um, My feelings on cold are well documented. Although, you know, when somebody wishes you you luck and a beautiful marriage, how how can you be mad at them? So... That's where I am with Year of the Spider. How about you? So Year of the Spider, I had been aware of Cold. I'd seen some videos on MTV late at night, but they were not a band that was really in my radar at all. And then I saw the video for Stupid Girl, and I was like, let's go. It's cold. It's, it's going to be a cold summer, baby. Let's do this thing. So I got this album the week it came out. And I uh, got the, uh, I think it was, I think it was mailed up to me. I think I had somebody buy it for me and mail it to me. Um, but I got the special edition that came with the special DVD making of documentary, which we will get into. And um, yeah, this was summer of '03. You guys, it was. I should have prefaced that it was mailed to me. I was doing a summer semester in school in the Upper Peninsula, of Michigan. Best summer of my life, and my soundtrack. Part of my soundtrack was Year of the Spider. So, yeah, wow. I was all about this record, all about it. So you've got some feels for this record. I was enjoying myself some Scooter in the summer of 03. Summer of 03, once again, to recap for everybody, you got The Matrix Reloaded. What a summer. You've got Fountains of Wayne, Welcome Interstate Managers. I'm living for it. Underrated fantastic album incredible record you got the third third eye blind record out of the vein i'm living for that massive attack has come back with a hundredth window which is not great I, that record not didn't really pay no. It. no coming no, off a of mezzanine no coming out anything coming off a of mezzanine oh boy um but uh yeah i'm i'm uh, marilyn manson golden age of the grotesque let's go with it let's go with it whatever that manson record was was listening to that deftones by deftones that's the summer what a summer you guys i can't i can't say enough good things about it there's other things i could say but you know i'm not going to bring that up it's personal so yeah quite a summer hanging out with scooter and the boys matt history with you the spider definitely no stupid girl because that had major radio push but cold has never been my band uh, my familiarity has only come from this show, but I know that their fans are true, loyal, and I know Scooter is a gentleman because he wished our friend Jenny a blessed, blessed marriage. That is true. That is true. It is true. Uh, Jenny, who's in cold on Year of the Spider? On Year of the Spider? Oh, that's not at all cold. I was looking up when... <laughs> 
Captain Lou Albano on <laughs> No, I was looking, I was trying to remember what I listened to the summer of 2003. Oh, yes. Um, but I... I thought was it that feels like the the summer that I listened to basically nothing but the Talking Heads and Rapture and Faint, but the the Rapture album that I was thinking of didn't come out until September. That's right, two thousand three. So I was wrong. I can't Ooh. remember my summer. You reminded me the other record. The other record. I don't know why I forgot this. That dominated that summer over everybody. Mars Volta, Delouse in the Comatorium. Oh yeah. That was what a summer. I was out of my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good album. It is. It is. They're just bad live. <laughs> the, sh- the show was fine. <laughs> I well, was, was there. A- I remember. That was uh, a big uh that was a big hail to the thief summer for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was That's a big right. room on fire summer for me. Think. Well, room room on fire is the fall. That's that comes out the uh, same time comes as the rapture up. record. Yeah. Okay. So then, oh yeah, that's October twenty third or twenty eighth. Was it the Shins record? Shoots too narrow. Was that a? Uh, I want to say that's also near the end of two thousand three as well. And of course, speaker box love below. Hmm. Mm. Uh, well, that summer was when we started to get uh, the first taste of Hey Ya. We got Hey Ya like that move. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We did get Hey Ya that summer. Oh, boy. Summer of 03. That was summer of 03? Summer of 03. Wow. Yeah, I'm misremembering. Missy Elliott. Yeah. I was for sure listening to a lot of Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. I think that was the the summer that I was introduced to At The Gates, too. So that may have been, it was an interesting summer, I'll say. But you want to know who's in cold. You don't want to know what I was doing in 2003. <laughs> Just DM me if you want to know. I'll tell you. Uh, in cold on this record, we got Scooter Ward on vocals, Kelly Hayes on guitar, Jeremy Marshall on bass guitar, Terry Balsamo on electric and acoustic guitar, and Sam McCandless on drums. There you have it. Same lineup. As the previous album, 13 Ways to Bleed on Stage. So they kept the gang together for this one. This is the last time the gang's all together. It's true. Terry and Kelly will depart after this record. Indeed. And in the current incarnation of Cold, the only remaining members from this lineup are Scooter and Sam. So, Jenny, we've got an old friend behind the producer board... We absolutely do. It's our friend, Howard Benson. Howie B. Howie B. Back behind the boards. Howard's, his resume is long and storied. I will just hit you with uh, what came up in many of the reviews I read. Everybody basically said, Howie B., he did a little record you might remember called Satellite. And indeed he did. A lot of people want to give him all the credit for Satellite. I saw a couple where they were called him the mastermind behind Satellite. I'm like, wow. Just cut I out think all there the were other guys uh, at POD. A couple other people in that room. <laughs> uh, apparently, they were just like, it's all how we be. So, uh, yes, yeah, so Howard Benson back behind the boards. I got to say, I was hoping to get a little how we be in the making of DVD, and you don't get any. You don't get any how we mm-hmm. be at all. Maybe maybe that's his voice in a couple scenes, but you never he's never on camera. You never get to hear him talk about what it was like or anything like that. So, I, I would have liked a little bit more how we be. 
Just saying. Jenny, we got we got quite a few genre tags here. We sure do. We've got post grunge, alternative metal, new metal, and hard rock. Uh, I think that makes sense for you know summer of '03. We're thick into the come down. Things are starting to change, or maybe they already have changed. They're really going to change in the fall, and the results may vary. Comes out. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we have that record came out on Flip Geffen. A little story on this record: they put out "Stupid Girl." It was a hit. This record came out. Hit album number three on the Billboard charts. I can tell you, that's very impressive. Number three? I, if I'm working at Flip slash Geffen, and my boys in cold give me the call and they say, hey, we're number three on the charts. We're ready to make a second video. Follow-up single, baby. I'd be writing a check, right? Matt, that's you'd write a check. Three? Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's see if we can't get a little boost. Yeah, it's cold summer, baby. But for some reason, for reasons that I cannot find out, I Googled around. Can't get a straight answer. And Wikipedia says it for reasons unknown. Geffen refused to make another video or promote the album any further. Stalemate with the label led to frustrations within the band. And in early 2004... Terry Balsamo departed and joined Evanescence. Wow. That's right. Mm-hmm. I and mean, then, I can think of one one reason they may not have given them any more money. What's that? They're scared of spiders. There it is. There it is. So Tom true. Common fear. So true. So true. So true. Um, Balsamo was rela- later replaced by ex-Darwin's waiting room guitarist, Eddie Rendini. And they made an effort to release another single, Wasted Years, but Geffen stayed true to their earlier promise by not financing or promoting the album any further. Geffen, Flip, what's going on? What is going on? Truly baffling. I think number three wasn't good enough for Flip Geffen. Wow. That's wild. That's wild. Two reviews on that are linked on the Wikipedia. All Music gave this album a four out of five star rating. Very high. Sputnik Music, three and a half out of five. Uh, I was not able to find it, but there is, if you've got an old issue of Rolling Stone from when this album came out, they slaughtered this thing. Two out of five. They went in real hard, but I could not find that review. Um, but I remember it because it's old steel trap up there. Yeah, if you go onto the All Music website, the um, they have a very uh, glowing review. I won't read, uh, I won't read it, but it's uh, very, very nice. Okay, so that's where we stand on all of this. I think, I think we're ready to dive into this bad boy. All right, let's get into it. The first track is called Remedy. <laughs> Yeah. 
Oh my. What are your impressions, Matt? Matt. Guys. I really liked that. Oh. <laughs> Matt. And, uh, this is coming off of two cold albums that if I never heard a, another note from them, <laughs> I will be just fine. But this hits me right in my 90s alt feels. Matt. I am. Uh, I'm texting some tattoo artists we know to see if they have any room in their schedule to get, get, get you your spider on the slug box, get, baby. Get get that spider tap, baby. Boo boo boo! It's it right going. here. Let's Do get it, it going. Yeah, you know what? it's just a, a circle with some sticks coming out of it. Circle with some sticks. <laughs> you got to be careful because it could look like a sun if you don't space the sticks properly. Yeah, definitely get definitely get a good good tattoo artist. I wrote in my notes that we riffing, we got strong, chunky bass. And Scooter sounds focused, sounds locked in. There, It's so funny is that I never really thought about it until I went and listened back to just a couple songs from the previous album. And there, it's a little muddled. It's not really there. And this thing is just sharp. It's on attack. We, we go right in, and we're right into that chorus, and we're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. And you know what? Maybe it's because they had a masterminded Howard Benson behind the boards, baby. He's like, I know what's going to work. So, yeah. Also, I love the lyric. I don't feel how you feel, but it's my fault. I'm bones. I don't know why, but I love that lyric. I, I, it's, uh, it's unexpected and very interesting. <laughs> There's an interesting guitar drone on the verses that feels very new. It's got a cool guitar solo. I finalized my notes by saying, we are rocking. Jenny, thoughts and remedy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, to be honest, I thought this was like kind of a tepid open. I didn't think it was bad. I did. It did sound kind of like 90s alt rock to me and very stark uh, it's it's very, very different than previous Cold Records, um, which I'm not complaining about. I, it just felt very made for radio, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I wasn't expecting. And it to me, I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. And I also watched the the documentary before I listened to the record. So I think I had a little bit of context going in as well, because one of the things that Scooter says, and I, I'm calling it the doc, the bonus footage that came with the record. <laughs> but one of the things that he says is that, you know, like all of our songs before were so vague and these are about like a very specific person. So I was listening to it with that in mind. And I, I could see how... Uh, members of the cold army would probably love this but for me i didn't hate it but i also was just kind of left a little cold oh god i did not mean that to be a pun but look what they made me do look what they made me do (laughs) i'm so angry (laughs) it was tepid it was tepid to me not bad just maybe not my thing specifically but i can see how it would be appealing and people would like it it's not it's I'm, I'm not listening to it wondering how people enjoy it. It's just not for me, if that makes sense. Totally. I get it. So we're talking about the Cold Army because the Cold Army is all around and they showed up in ranks on songmeanings.com. We've got a couple comments here that I enjoyed. Praying Mantis 84 
says, it sounds like every person in America who thinks they're different from everyone else. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But unfortunately, it sounds like everyone else with too much angst. It's about someone who lives totally differently from the people around him, and he doesn't want their help to see him through. And uh, I thought, wow, this guy really coming in. But then we had a comment from Avatara, who said, damn, such a great song to listen to on the road. But yeah, I agree that it seems to be about somebody not going for help from others. If he falls, he'll remember to get back up. Save game. He marches to the beat of his own drum. He'll fix his own mistakes, live his own life. I don't necessarily agree with this viewpoint on life, but that seems to be the case with this person. Like every person in America? I wouldn't go that far, winky emoji. But I may agree with the angst part, that everyone is wrapped up in their own personal fable, the little drama that goes on in their head when blowing things out of proportion. And you know what? I had to say there was a bit of poetry there saying everyone wrapped up in their own personal fable. I was like, man, if this is what the cold army has in store for me, I cannot wait. Mm. Uh, Jenny, did you like any comments for this one? I think you covered it. The the personal fable thing. I was like, coming to songmeanings.com for truths. Ready to play. Hey, everybody experiences everything from their own perspective. That's why memory seems so skewed sometimes. The way you experience an event, completely different than someone else. What stories are we telling ourselves? These are important questions. So mm. I'd like to personally thank Avatara for bringing that to us. All right. Let's All do right. It. Up next, we've got Suffocate. Take every fucking word she said Throw it in her face Would she even care? I still remember when she looked at me A frown upon her face Trying to be sincere I gathered all those little things she said Kept them close to me We got some moody guitar. We got some double track vocals going on. We got a call and response chorus with Sierra Swan, who had previously sung on a couple tracks on 13 Ways to Bleed. This one, for me, feels like a bit of a missed opportunity because we never get a full verse from Sierra. So it feels like it makes this narrative lopsided because we get all of like Scooter's characters feelings and everything and then they have this call and response chorus where it's clearly like she has another viewpoint on things he's like that you lie she's like i don't lie and you're fake i'm not fake you know so i kept waiting for her to get it she gets a few moments if you go to 202 she gets a little bit of vamping if you go to three 
We get a bit of her responding. Um, actually, if you want to hear that, Matt, if you want to go to three minutes in, you get a little bit of Sierra responding. Sure. Here we go. Three minutes in, you say? And... All right. Had to put my hands up there for the praise and worship section. You gotta. You gotta. So, yeah, this one, I I, I think, yeah, I would have really appreciated uh, a, a full Sierra Swan verse. As it is, you know, I like this one. It's uh, it's all right. I mean, it definitely already takes the album darker on track two, which is interesting. So it's still, like, letting you know, hey, you know, we're a little slicker now, but we still cold, baby. We're still cold. Jenny, thoughts on Suffocate? Uh, I actually kind of liked this song. Uh, I think that's all to Sierra Swan's credit, really. I like her voice. Some Sierra Swan fun facts. Her dad, Billy Swan, 1970s pop country musician, played rhythm guitar for Chris Christopherson. Hmm. She was in The Black Eyed Peas from 1998 to 2000. Uh, she's done a bunch of solo albums, including uh, a duet with Amy Mann, which I thought Matt would like. Love it. Uh, she's worked with Linda Perry. Uh, and her most recent solo work is called Good Soldier, released in 2014, produced by none other than William Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. So he bops out of wrestling every now and again to make a record and... You know, going back to that 90s alt-rock stuff, apparently still be mad at Stephen Malcolmus of Pavement. Yeah, that's true. Ongoing feud. So, uh, yeah. Uh, this song, though, uh, I liked it. It very, very much to me, like, just like an alternative rock song. Um, it's a little darker, sure, but I don't know. Um, I like the call and response. I agree, Lauren. I would have loved to have heard more from Sierra Marie Swan. But uh I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. Matt, thoughts on Suffocate? Yeah, they had that cold sound in the scooter vocals there at the top. That kind of doubled thing that they they do that's very much stained in him very much do that thing. Which is not my favorite, but then they kind of pull it out in the chorus and my only thing right now is we're two songs in and uh someone in the in the chorus keeps saying the name of the songs um matt buckle up (laughs) they don't want these to be difficult to search yeah they want they want people to be able to find these somebody was thinking about seo on this one so i got a couple things so i was trying to remember a specific moment a specific song when I realized this is something I had not talked about on the show before my personal experience with the cold army. I was, as I said, summer of 03. I got this record. I'm listening to it all summer. This is also the summer that I become the manager of my college radio station. I am sick with power drunk on it. Oh my Lord. Just wielding it like crazy you want a show 
At 4 a.m.? I guess so. Uh, so I am DJing a college event. I believe it was some sort of club event. So it's, you know, parents, teachers, students. And I'm playing stuff. And I've got my big CD book out. Because it's 03, baby. Those are MP3s yet. We're all CD booking it. And this guy walks up and he goes, can I look? And I said, yeah, go ahead. He's flipping through. He sees Year of the Spider. And he goes, oh, shit. You got to play cold. And I was like, uh, you know, and I'm looking around at the vibe. It's also like the middle of the day. <laughs> and I'm like, and I've been playing like some dancier stuff, a little more upbeat, nothing super heavy. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I could play, uh, I could probably play stupid girl i guess and he's like no you gotta play suffocate and i was like and i'm thinking in my head I think no i don't F, i think there's an f-bomb in there and he's like dude you gotta play suffocate you gotta play it you know what this guy he's really he's really he's really he's really hanging out here he's really pushing me i i, I guess i'll play him suffocate what's the what's the worst that can happen so i play suffocate of course as we all just heard the like the third word in the song is the f-word and we got these big ass speakers. So this F word just ringing out across campus. My man rocked out in front of the booth for the entire song, head banging the whole thing. And I didn't know it then, but I was seeing a one man cold army feel this song. Wow. Bones. It was something else, you guys. And, uh, yeah, it took a couple listens for me to realize, yes, it was definitely Suffocate that he asked for because of that F word. Because I remember every F word in the song stung me. I was like, ah! <laughs> I felt like I probably played, like, I don't know, like a bunch of, like, very nice songs, like, right after to, like, smooth out the vibe. So songmeanings.com, you guys. Yeah, the song is about everyone's ex. Oh. <laughs> their specific ex. So many great comments. Jenny, you, you got a couple. Fa- I got a bunch of favorites here. Go ahead with a couple of yours. You know what? I think my favorite, I don't have a favorite specific comment, but my meta favorite overall situation is that everyone is like this is yep this is my relationship this is exactly it when i left my ex i said you're a liar and a fake <laughs> like it's pretty common uh i got a couple i really liked um stone sour 025 says i'm going through the end of a two-year relationship and this song is really helping it's perfect for this relationship so, for one, I love the terminology there, a relationship. Then going over to commenter Intercept, who says, ah, a relationship. I love all songs with suffocate in the title, smiley face. <laughs> what are these other songs with suffocate in the title? Also, I love that everyone's just like saying like, ah, yes, a relationship. I know it well. Like, clearly I've not been paying attention to this terminology. So then Avatara shows up again and says, yeah, man, between this song and Stupid Girl, you got your lead off into the breakup mix. 
Sometimes when you're fed up with the shit women can throw your way, these songs help you cope or keep your mind off of them. Sierra Swan does a good job with the backup singing. It's just a good song. I think it is very underappreciated, which is unfortunate, but the case all around. Great tune, fun to sing with and listen to when you need it. A breakup mix. Who here has made a breakup mix? I have hmm. not. I have made a breakup mix. I don't recommend it. Because then, what do you do with it? You know, I made I listen it. to so much sad sack music. Mm-hmm. It it I don't need a mix. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been given a breakup mix of sad songs that someone gave me because they said these songs well you made me sad and these are sad songs but i think you'd like these sad songs <laughs> but it was really good <laughs> so- i mean i like sad songs <laughs> All right. yeah it was a weird situation but i i don't know that i've ever made myself a breakup mix necessarily i tend to like get very focused in on one song sometimes and i'll just listen to that song over and over and over and over again so i think it would have been more more likely been the case like i remember this is like extremely corny but one time i was going through a breakup that was particularly difficult and i would listen to the Joni mitchell song a case of you (laughs) just fucking over and over and over and then like bop around that album but um yeah like i think for me i'm more of like a breakup song person but it's been a while so and hopefully it stays that way hopefully yeah (laughs) i i made a i made a mix for somebody who broke up with me and they didn't want it and so then i had to take it back (laughs) i'm sorry hey listen i don't know why i thought broken up twice oh yeah i don't know why i thought that was gonna work it didn't work yeah there's one other comment here It's from commenter Love Turns to Hate Fast, who said, To me, this song means about how the singer feels this whole relationship is a lie and how he felt cheated on. Basically, I think it is about a guy who is labeled as a freak. I'm not a freak. Because maybe he is gothic or something, I don't know, and how she dumped him for this preppy pretty guy. And then in parentheses says, I personally got personally gothic guys rule. They're so freaking hot, man. I love my gothic BF. Hmm. Wow. So there you have it. That one felt uh that one felt a little a little personal. Got a little bit of details there. Cold Army showing up. Thank you, Cold Army. Wow. All right. Are we ready for the next track? Let's I do think it. so. All right, we've got Cure My Tragedy, A Letter to God. Human tragedy Won't you 
Got some nice touches from Howie B on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, let me see them lighters. Let me see them hands. You know, honestly, this this could have been a single. 100%. Oh, 100%. yeah. This, this would this would have ruled 89X. People been lighting up them phone yeah. lines. Give me if, some of that cold. If you made the world a stage for me, then I hope that you could hear me scream. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so this song uh, is about Scooter's sister who was struggling with cancer at the time that this record was being made. Um, I echo the sentiment. I am surprised this was not a single because I think that this is like, this is, you're having a hard time. This is a night drive, sad boy yeah. <laughs> special. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's wrapped is, up real nice for this you. This is a good 2003 vibe. You know, like, this works. Yeah, it's got a really killer guitar solo at 215. Actually, Matt, give, give us a little bit of that guitar solo at 215. Want some uh, sweet guitar solo? Yeah, I want to hear that. Uh, here we go. Yeah, that's a total radio-friendly monster ballad. How, what is going? What is going on at Flip Geffen? You've got. I'll tell you what went on at Flip what's going Geffen. On? What's going on? This album was supposed to come out April two thousand two, and then mm. it's and then it only sold a hundred thousand units. So they went, that Jews ain't worth the squeeze. Which is insane because they didn't realize how much the industry was already changing. And to sell 100,000 units is monstrous. And if they would have given it some fucking support, they could have recouped. Plus, they moved on. They moved on. You know what? I'm going to say it. They blew it. They They done goofed. They goofed. They goofed. Yeah, um, this one... This was like it was kind of stained, but better. Like, I just I can one, listen to this. I have a real hard time listening to stained. Oh, I think what it is is for one, Scooter's not letting the momentum dip, and Scooter is, I think, especially this is easily Scooter's strongest vocal work on this album. Hundred percent. We are far beyond the what is this guy saying moments of the first album, like. Very clear. Also, the double tracking of the vocals, beautiful. I believe that – actually, I believe that is a Howie Benson decision because I think that comes up early on in the – are we calling it a doc? Are we calling it just the DVD? I think it's easier to call it the doc, but please understand that it's (laughs) – Not a doc. It's like a 30-minute – it's a 30-minute DVD that came with the CD. (laughs) All right. Well, I think it's time. I think it's time for the next song. All right. Up next, the single, the the hit single from this record, Stupid Girl. (laughs) 
Jenny, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Stupid Girl? Well, what a what a surprise it was to me, even though I know that I've been told this before, that Rivers Cuomo wrote the opening riff and the verses to this song. So I guess I would explain why it sounds a lot different than the rest of this album. <laughs> um <laughs> It's all right. It's definitely like I can see why it was the the lead off single. It's got a lot more of a pop sensibility to it. And it's like it seems like it would be like an earworm type deal. Um, yeah, so I thought I thought it was all right. I thought it was a OK. Knowing that they held the cold army captive for 12 hours to make the video for this little piece of info I have now. All things that contribute to. Uh, a great, great single, I'd say. What do you think, Lauren? I mean, this was the one that got me to to put some cold, hard cash down to buy this record. You know what? This is a song. I loved it then. I love it now. That opening riff with the distortion. Plus, I mean, let's talk about this music video. So, for one, the if uh, if you recall our... 13 ways to bleed on stage episode there are some video there are some videos for that album where cold is performing for an audience that is clearly not the cold army it's made up of clearly hired actors and models who have never heard cold before the day they showed up showed up for the the uh shoot and will never listen to cold ever again and so they got the note and they said you know we gotta get the cold army we got to get the real people for this video and let me tell you this audience is vibrant this audience is alive this audience is ready to go for cold there is i i don't even think they needed any direction beyond hey you're about to be in cold's music video these people are amped they're out of their minds let's go for cold it's i love it it's so great plus the direction on this video, there are some key shots. This is the other thing that really blows my mind. And maybe this does play into what you were saying, Matt, and what the expectation of this album and why it wasn't properly supported. So you have some shots in this video. Upward shots of Scooter and this unfurling of the cold logo banner. That straight up icon shit. Like... Here, the spider, you're cold. 2003, that's what we're talking about. Looks incredible. Awesome. Awe-inspiring. Watched this, I watched this video a couple times over the past week. And every time, that riff with the, with the drop, with the shot of Scooter, upshot, a hero shot, if you want to call it that. I mean, just incredible. So, I mean, I'm looking at this as like, this is a star maker. This is it. Sky's the limit for these boys for the rest of, rest of time. So, yeah. I love it. It's great. Also, incredible dread work from the other guys in the band, from Terry and the boys, um, spinning around. Obviously, the drummer, Sam, looks like a big spider. It's great. Lots of spider work. Everybody's got spiders on their hats. I mean, it's, it's, a tr- it's tremendous work. And also, they filmed it when it was cold. So cold in the cold. And Scooter, like, exhale, and you get these big 
gusts of uh, you know visible breath that just looks cool. Everything about it looks cool. So I really think they nailed it on the video. And I like the song too. I like the song a lot. I think that riff is a ripper. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Matt, what you what are your thoughts? Honestly, at this point in the record. I think I've heard some better songs. Like, this is a very repetitive, very simple... Like, it, it does make sense as a single. Don't get me wrong. They also released um, Remedy on that WWE soundtrack. So, it technically was the first single. But, I, I I'm not crazy about this song. It is not my favorite one. But it plays, and it plays well. All right. Songmeanings.com. 66 comments from the Cold Army. A lot of good ones. Sucky Music Sucks has a um, has a, an excerpt from an interview with Scooter. Scooter said, Stupid Girl was a chance for me to breathe, kind of. I was like, Rivers, thank you. I don't have to fucking cry or think about the dark side of everything on this song. When he sent me those lyrics, the second verse still sounds like a cold verse to me, and the chorus definitely does, so it's still cold in a lot of ways. I detach myself from it because he did the verses, so it definitely means something to me, but not as much as the other ones. I don't know what his version of Super, Stupid Girl is, but I think I have a version. My version of it and what I see through it is that you could just be a total piece of trash, and at the same time, you don't know that you are. You have this person that's going to leave you, and you don't have any idea why. A lot of people are blind to the fact that they are idiots and the interviewer said funny and uh, scooter laughs and says you know i don't know it's going to be funny because i'm sure a lot of people are going to hear the stupid girl hook and say hey it's about a stupid girl but not really it's about a stupid man that doesn't know he's stupid and then the song meanings comments really play that out <laughs> Patriots 2004-2004 says, This is my favorite song by Cold because all the girls are stupid bitches and don't care about guys. <laughs> got him. I mean, just f- a fucking got <laughs> Take that, women. Yeah. Ghost Wishing comes in. This is by far the worst Cold song ever. It's so fucking annoying. Gear of the Spider is the most horrendous Cold album. Whoa. And then... Some no-nos are said. And, geez, I don't know. People just really... People have strong opinions about this song either way. Lauren, what were some of your favorites? The other favorite I liked was from Chino69, who said, This guy never really regards his girl as a person. He just experiments with her, poking and prodding her just to see how she'll react. He thinks she is nothing more than a pretty girl that'll do anything for him. That she'll go along with everything he does, so he decides to try out different approaches in his life. I'm a loner, I'm a loser, I'm a winner in my mind, I'm a bad one, I'm a good one, I'm a sick one with a smile. But when she leaves him, she's going away, he realizes how much of a part of his life she was. What's wrong with my life today? Unfortunately, I think almost everyone goes through this. I feel bad for the girl I did this to, but it is a part of finding yourself. Everyone likes to try being bad when they're sick of being good, being good when they're tired of wearing the bad. Once again, what are with these poets showing up over here? I don't know. Maybe my my favorite thing about song meanings on this is the top downvoted comment is from Nappy Snapple. 
And this is what it says. I think the song's about an abusive boyfriend. He beats her and takes advantage of her, but in his own mind, he's not doing anything wrong. Then she dumps his ass and he's wondering what he did wrong to make her leave him. Two down votes. That's exactly what Scooter said the song was about. I'm giving it an upvote, damn it. Upvoted, go, Jenny. Angel 69. <laughs> I did. <laughs> the, the, that was from June 23rd, 2003. So I'm sure wherever Napple Snapple is, is going to appreciate that. They, they just got an email alert on their Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't checked <laughs> in a while. <laughs> they are probably very startled and like upset right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just coming to vindicate you and say that you're right. And after all these years. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. I just got to say that. Yeah. If you, uh, on the, on the dock, on the DVD, uh, you do get to meet a lot of the cold fans who showed up for this long session to be in the music video. And they are some of the most earnest, sincere fans that I have seen in a while. They're all very young. They all look to be like what, like sixteen, fifteen years old. Yeah, probably. they're yeah. they're pretty young. They're like in some sort of a, a strange storage area or something. Oh no, that's later in the dock. Um, oh, when yeah. they interview the fans. Oh yeah, that part. Well, there's there's a part where they ask. I think they're they're doing like some interviews in the gymnasium next to where they film the video. And they're like talking to one guy and he's being like super sincere. He's like, I love their music and it means so much to me. And then I think it's, is it Kenny? I forget. What's the, um, I'm blanking. Kelly. I think, yeah. Kelly, the guitarist just sort of walks into the frame and just totally just like takes over the whole thing and everyone's laughing and stuff. And I was like, this guy was like bearing his soul. And then Kelly was just like, Hey, what are we doing over here? <laughs> Let me get in the front of the camera. Um, so yeah, very, very earnest, very sincere. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next is don't belong. sign they just gave you an anthem for when you don't belong so now i'm at the point in the record where i'm like <laughs> track five track five track five tracks in where i'm like these guys were swinging for the fences they're they're trying to hit something out of the park but I, if if flip Geffen 
had just taken a minute and really thought about it. I don't hear how this is any different or of lesser quality than any band like Creed or, you know, the bands that were doing well at that time in a, in the genre. Because I, I don't think this is very new at this moment in time. But, like, I don't feel like they're very... This isn't a sh- this isn't a hard shift. Maybe well, yeah. I found uh, a hits daily double rumor mill article that says Flip Geffen warms to cold. Band's third album, You're the Spider, ready to weave its web. <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> called. And they give us a list of marketing and promotion initiatives if you'd like to hear some of them. Yes, please. Um, an in-store performance at Tower Records in Sherman Oaks, California on May 14th, followed by a special show at LA's Roxy that night with tickets given away through local indie LINCS retailers. Free limited edition DVD with purchase of new album. Experienced. Online downloads of Simple or of Stupid Girl and Stupid Girl My Life is Long, Chris Vrenna Remix. Right. MSN chat online performing on Kimmel 515 tour dates with Godsmack in May and stained in June, along with selected Lollapalooza dates, radio festivals, including K rocks, Austin DC one Oh one chili cook off. And then a whole bunch of other ones for the chili cook off made me laugh. Stupid girl video streamed online, stupid girl e cards, uh, a Mark Webb-directed video added at MTV, MTV2 Infuse, and features Turin and Circus, Drum, Guitar One, Guitar World, Hit Parader, Metal Edge, Request, and Revolver. So I think if you went to Flip Gaffin and said you didn't do anything, they'd be like, you will be able to look up what we did <laughs> in 2020 with a simple Google search of Flip Gaffin Cold. It'll still be available. So... Maybe they didn't try hard enough. But Just didn't hit. I mean, at the same time, we got to think about what was what were the actual hot records of 03? Because, I mean, I think we know if we just list off everything that I said that I was really into that summer, none of that stuff was really like the thing of 03. They also were on the Nintendo Fusion Tour of 2003. It took them across the united states and when they played beautiful detroit michigan baby they rolled right into harpos there you go there you go so songs of the summer of 2003 one that i know i was listening to magic stick little kim (laughs) now that was jam (laughs) That's right. Oh, oh, also Beyonce's solo debut, Crazy yeah. in Love. That's 03. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Holiday Inn. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Big Changy Summer. <laughs> Big Changy Summer. Yes. Oh, boy. What? Everybody in the club getting tipsy. So. Was that 03? I feel like no, that no was. No, no way. That was no. way earlier. That no, no I, no. I thought that was 2004. I feel like that was 04. 
not surprised that none of us are really 100% on that. I wrote in my notes that Don't Belong was a good rocker. And I liked the little new metal guitar plinks going on in the verses. Once again, though, this was a situation where five tracks in, I, I did really have my like new metal sensors on of like how much new metal are we actually getting on this record? Because it feels more like new metal as a texture rather than a focus, uh, which has kind of always been Cold's move anyway. They've never really been like a hard new metal sounding band anyway. It's always been more of a proximity or a texture thing with them. Songmeanings.com, of course, everybody shows up to talk about how they don't belong. Um, I got a couple comments I enjoy. Jenny, any, any favorites from you? Take it away. All right. So the commenter's name is the best ever. And uh, they said, let me find it here. I had it and I lost it. Uh, They said, I'm actually going through this situation right now, which is what the lyrics are about. I've met a girl that I have strong feelings for, and she likes me a lot too. However, because I came out of a really tough breakup 10 months ago, I have represented two halves of me. One side, a great carefree guy, and another is a really hurt clingy person. This girl has slightly distanced herself, and as of now, I don't know what's going to happen between us. She likes me a lot, but I've scared her off. These lyrics word by word express how I feel. Can you see? Can you still feel me? Or did I slip away? A sick man, a monster broken still today so i was like wow that guy really put it all out there so then metal line science 722 said the best effort that is the same exact thing that happened to me i'm a pretty chill guy but when it comes to girls i can't really be casual about it and my hex hated that so she broke up with me And I told my new girlfriend, who I love a lot more than ever, I like my ex. And though she really likes me, I think she's distanced herself from me. I hope I'm wrong, though. Time will tell. Oh, man. You know, some people just can't be chill about dating. Hey, I get it. I I get get it. it. I get it. I get it. 100%. Um, I mean, Lauren, you can attest back in my dating days, you would just get walls of text from me. Like, I don't know how to analyze this very specific small interaction I I, had. I will tell you, it is very funny. Now you are married to Mitch, but the early Mitch days, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Does he like me? I don't know. I was nervous. Yeah. I remember someone brought up i think it was our good friend maggie brought it up at a party something offhand said to you i think i think mitch likes you and you were like what like you start knocking over <laughs> shelves you're like oh what that's accurate <laughs> at like the mere mention i was like oh, you know, what wait what what, what? why no. did, did he say something did he say something what did he say she's like i just Noticed he was talking to you. I was like, oh. I will kill you, Mac. You tell me what he said. <laughs> tell me what he said right now. <laughs> Not wrong. I, I'll, hey, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I get it. I get it. Don't belong, boys. All right. Up next, we've got Wasted Years. 
Everything they ever said you were Like to take some time Clear away everything I planned Was it love I'll be betrayed for the shape that I'm in? It's not hard to fail It's not easy to win Did I drink too much? Could I There it is, the name there of the song. <laughs> Matt, you knew it was coming, baby. Nothing more than wasted years. I, I hope there's a line about half-drunk beers in that song. Uh, there, there might be. There just might be. Because uh, Scooter's a little bit more specific here. Uh, this is a song really about youth wasted on the young. You know, you don't know, you don't realize what you got. And also, I did a little math when I looked up how old all the guys in and Sco- Cold are now. Like Scooter just turned 50. Happy birthday. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, these guys are all in their 30s when they made this record. So they're all like looking back like, oh, boy, what did I do in my 20s, my teens? I was getting wild. Now we're reflecting, reflecting back. So, you know, I like this one. I thought it had a, you know, it's it's a it's a mid-tempo ballady boy, but it's got a very strong chorus. Once again, does not leave me confused on the name of the song. Which I appreciate. I appreciate that. Not for everybody. So, uh, you know what? And it's and, and sequencing wise makes sense. You know, we'll slow it down a little bit, but they don't slow it down too much. You know, we're not we're not totally getting completely dirgy. So uh, I appreciate it. Jenny, thoughts on Wasted Years? At this point, the record's kind of sounding a little bit samey to me. And I guess this is where I start to wonder, is this new metal? Because I'm not really getting a lot of new here. I'm wondering if that tag is just sort of left over. But I'm not getting a lot of new. I'm getting a lot of just like, I can see post-grunge for sure alternative but i don't know i'm not getting very much new yeah i agree with that it's it's not uh it's not a ton of new it's uh i mean if anything you it's sort of yeah it's it's like a proximity thing because it's not even quite the new of like a stained you know with like it's been a while or something like that it's it's still it's removed and it has i think it's just like i don't know what it is but it's like it's not gloomy enough or down tuned enough to really have it and honestly stupid girl feels more new metal when you watch the video than when you just listen to it by itself because when you watch the video they got dreads whipping around we got some moves the drummer looks like a spider like all these things that make it feel very new metal but when you just listen to it on its own the pop stuff comes to the forefront more than that because you know you just got to remind yourself about the dreads um so yeah uh, Matt, thoughts on Wasted Years? Yeah, th- this feels very in the pocket for cold. Um, but they leave me wanting more. 
All right. Songmeanings.com, 22 comments. Uh, Jenny, any favorites? No, nothing really stands out other than what the song's actually about. I had a couple that I liked. Broken Edge said, This song to me is about feeling that it's your own fault that you feel the way you feel. Shrug. That's my personal interpretation. Cold is such a great band, and this album is as good as their first and second one combined. They got better with each album, and they deserve much respect for that. I just love the emotional pauses worked into this comment, the shrugs, the ellipsy break to make me see Cold Is, and then they leave me in suspense. Like, Cold Is? Such a great band. Oh. <laughs> got worried there for a minute. That's good that they so, told you. Thank you. I'm ready for the next one. All right. Uh, up next. Oh, by the way, that song is about getting hand-boned and wasting years of your life. So there that's from, from Scoot's mouth himself. Uh, from, and Scoot, from Scoot's mouth to your ears. That's right. Uh, all right. Up next is Whatever You Became. confident you know the name of this song um yeah yeah i think it's called whatever you became Mm, you're right you're right checking (laughs) yes checking yep Uh uh-huh yep uh jenny what'd you think of whatever you became uh to be honest this felt like a little bit of a throwaway for me i it was and it was interestingly like uh i don't know it sounded like more upbeat than a lot of the other songs but i don't know to me it kind of felt like a nothing middle of the album yeah. one that could be sacrificed to get this album down to 10 sweet sweet tracks but just 10 sweet tracks all i'm asking yeah. for I didn't think it was like terrible or anything, but there wasn't anything about it that like stuck with me or that I particularly enjoyed. Are you about to say this is your favorite song in the world? This this is I mean, I'm going to say right now, this is one of the best songs I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wrote in my notes that this song has has a little more swagger to it than the other songs do. Um, But also this this is a point where I realized that this album is just like a smooth listen. We get into it. We know what the songs are called. We get right to those choruses. The choruses are always in the pocket. The vocals are always easy to understand. And 
the guitar sounds are they they sound cool and it's interesting that they they talk to the guitarists in the uh we're just gonna call it a dock in the old dock <laughs> in the mini dock we're going mini dock mini dock and they said that their their focus on this album was to really just have solid songs as opposed to whatever it was they were doing before which i think was i think well i think it was they, they weren't as focused they were kind of noodling around playing with sounds and they were just like we're going to be focused on just songs and this bears out because everything is tightly structured you know and even though but then they know to still they want to have fun with their sounds they have they color in the margins but it definitely is the margins the main focus of the songs you know you it's it's like on the third or fourth listen that you notice the other things like i noticed on my on my notes listen that the guitar here has a very the edge vibe to it um not really a new metal sound uh at all really um but i did notice for me that the bridge at 159 i wrote my notes is hot and it got me hyped so matt if you want to go to the bridge at 159 sure you got it Get out of my car. What? No. <laughs> no. You would drive me. <laughs> oh. Wow. I, I respect and appreciate your willingness to share that information, Laura. <laughs> I, I did not have the same reaction. I, clearly. Clearly. I knew I, I knew I was I knew I was walking into trouble with that one, but you know, what what whatever I became, you know? There you Never go. Became. Yeah. Uh, only one comment I uh, noticed on songmeanings.com from commenter No Heavy, No Good, who said, This is my favorite song in the album. It reminds me of last summer because we would sit in my friend's basement, and this album was one we would listen to a whole lot. Last summer was the best time of my life. This album, especially this song, holds immense nostalgic value to me. I love it. This comment was on May 24th, 2004, which means that No Heavy, No Good also felt that summer 2003 fucking ruled. I'm telling you guys, there's no way for you to go back and check it out, but I'm telling you, summer 2003, what a time to be alive. Summer 2003, that was like the the blackouts that were in the Midwest and on That's the East true. Coast, true, that happened, right? That ha- yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. What a summer. August 18th. I remember that. I remember that vividly. Yeah. Because everybody was like, oh, man, is this another, is this terrorism again? But it wasn't. Yeah, Yeah, I went to a party. I cried in my room listening to Jeff Buckley. (laughs) Oh, well, there's a good cry. Yeah. There you go. I was sad. Uh, Speaking of, up next, we've got Sad Happy. She 
this is a heavy track. And when you watch the mini doc, you get a moment where I I I don't know how to explain the scene, Jenny, but basically they are performing for an intimate showcase of cold army fans who are hanging on every word. And Scooter is there and he's like, let me tell you about this song and what it's about. And he does not mince words about what the song is about. Um, basically, he met a cold fan, the band did, who told them that their music was very helpful for her in traumatic parts of her life. And I, I don't know if we want to detail, but basically she experienced extreme abuse at the hands of her father. And Scooter just lays this all out for this audience and I feel like any other time it would take the air out of the room. But the audience is literally just like, you can feel it kind of go, ooh, that's heavy. But then everybody comes back down and some people yell some stuff and just like, we love you, Scooter, or something like that. And they go into the song. So this also might be the only song I've ever heard where somebody leads off with the line, she was only 17, and they're saying like, what happened to this person is not okay as opposed to like so many other pop songs where it's like she was only 17 it was sick you know so yeah she yeah. was just 17 mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah this is not whoops. this is yeah whoops that's right yeah but once again heavy heavy material but he pulls that chorus off once again so um also i enjoy that bendy riff that they lead with and matt Credit where it's due. At no point in the song did they say the words sad, happy. Well, you got to give Cold a point for that. There you go. One point cold. <laughs> Checking right. the scoreboard. Yep. So <laughs> far, there's just been one point one awarded point. <laughs> this whole time. But well, I, I didn't realize <laughs> we had points. Uh, they're on the board. They're on the yeah. board with one. Uh, they can start at is, any time. <laughs> cold is just winning. Yeah, because uh, we've really not used our points well. I don't think we've awarded points to any other bands. No, at any point. So theoretically, right now, cold in the lead with one point. Cold um, in the lead with one point. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jenny. Yeah. Are you ready for the next song? Oh no! I wanted to know your thoughts on sad happy. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> no happy <laughs> for also- me. When we <laughs> when we um. Mitch, Sweet Mitchell watched the mini doc with me and the whole thing came up and yeah, when, when Scooter was like, the song is about like revenge and Mitch was like, is that what part of it's revenge? I'm not hearing any revenge here. And I'm like, I think him taking her pain away is, is the revenge. He's like, there's no revenge here. Like there was not enough revenge in this song for Mitch, which is fair based on the abuse outlined but yeah I, I thought this was all right it's when you know that a song is about something like that and it's had such like a, a, a huge impact on somebody it feels silly for me to be like and like it like it doesn't fucking matter if i liked it or not <laughs> even though that's kind of yeah. what we're doing here eh, it's fine it's fine yeah because oh yeah because after they perform this song we do get a bunch of testimonials from more members of the Cold Army who are all 15 years old at best. 
and they talk to a young lady at the end and she's just like thank you for this song thank you thank you thank you um yeah so the colt army feels this music at a level that we do not but um but all the same also if mitch really wants it if he goes to the second verse says her broken nails have sliced his skin and then she says a fever wind and a match in hand as she watched the flames she felt love again she burned that motherfucker i will be sure to share that information when we're done recording i think he'll be relieved to hear it mitch he burned she burned him that's good there we go all right up next we've got rain song See if I can guess this. See what I got. The rain. Yeah, I think I got it. You got it. Wow. All right. He didn't even break a sweat with that one. <laughs> no, no, that was T-balled out of the fucking park. catchy little middle number uh yeah the, the it's kind of interesting how the opening riff for like two seconds you think you're about to get eye of the tiger that's just an interesting <laughs> move there this is really when i thought just this really hit me of just like how tight cold is on this album just that there's no like here we are this deep in and we haven't really hit anything noodly there's nothing vague it's all very in the pocket um i did write though that how did it take cold till album three to have rain song like that seems like like if you told me like two albums deep like cold didn't have a song called rain song you'd be like really well they better get it on album three it's not gonna make any sense jenny thoughts on rain song again like it's fine it just feels like a middle of the album song nothing really stood out to me too much Yep. I did have a comment on songmeanings.com that I liked from North Star Babe, who said, I love this song. My friend Carly told me about it. She likes it. LOL. <laughs> Just <laughs> makes me glad that somebody took the time to post that. December 14th, 2004, 11 days before Christmas. Oh, boy. So Song Meanings does confirm that this is another incredibly sad song pulled from True Events that there was a fire at an apartment building that Scooter could see from his building, and he th- and it was raining, and he said, oh, I wonder what's on fire over there, and it turned out to be an apartment building where two of his best friends were living, and they had died. Grim stuff. And uh, a lot of people in the comments let us know that that is what it's about, including commenter Lemonbutt. Thank you, Lemonbutt. Uh, Chino69 showed up again to say that it seems that Scooter really deals with a lot of change in his life. In many of his songs, he talks about how he'll never be the same. Sometimes I hate it when lovers go in my life. Okay. 
Lovers. Red, fl- red flag. Wow. Red flag on lovers. I'm sorry, Chino69, but you just use lovers. The red flag is up. Because when I get out of a relationship, I change so much. Though I grow stronger and things are for the better, I just wish I could come back into their lives because I know I can really take care of people. But once somebody walks out of my life, they really walk back. They rarely walk back in. Mostly because of disconnecting feelings and not wanting to be part of past hurts. But Scooter is right. When you change, you'll never be the same and you grow stronger. It's what we all live for. And wait, what? Wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Let's unpack yeah. that a little bit here. Uh, okay, all right. Hey, all I'm saying is I'm great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've had relationships not end well. Um, in fact, all of my relationships seem to end with the other person never wanting to talk to me again. But I'm cool. Well, I'm better now, and they, they if they if they pop back in for a minute, they'd be like, "Oh, my mistake." But they my never bad. do. But never do. Instead, for some reason, they burn bridges, scorch earth, and cut off all contact with me. Oh, I don't know what the deal go. is. I don't know what the deal is. And then there's a comment here, and the comment basically just echoes uh, the the story of um, stuff about scooter. I'll actually I'll read the comment first. It says, "Lemon Bud is correct." In an interview with Scooter Ward, whom I would argue is one of the best songwriters of the modern era, he describes how from his apartment one night he noticed a fire, it was raining that night, and he later found out that it was his two best friends that had died in the fire. Very sad. But as we know on songmeanings.com, if you're not there on day fucking one to get the screen name you want, you might have to throw some numbers on it, or you might have to get creative with the word you want and maybe spell it. Maybe swap some letters out that wouldn't be in the real spelling of it to get a little more creative. This person really wanted to have the screen name Lyricist. <laughs> Unfortunately, this <No>. <laughs> So they thought I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just going to move some letters around. I'm still going to have lyricist. Well, unfortunately, the way they spelled it, it's L I R R A C I S T. It's lyricist. Oh no. Lyricist. Lavelle. Lyricist. It's a very French episode. <laughs> A very French I, episode. I saw this and I laughed out loud for a straight minute. I texted you, Jenny. I know you were like asleep. It was like I just, it was, I mean, hysterical. I couldn't believe it that they were just like, this is it. This is it. That works. I still got my screen name. Mm. Uh, Did you? Did you? I don't know. Wow. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Up next, we've got The Day Seattle Died. Oh, boy. They ain't talking about Chaz, baby.
<laughs> Matt, are you okay? Are you okay, Matt, with the vivid imagery? We could all feel the shotgun hit the floor when Kurt Cobain blew his head off. <laughs> Scooter, slow down, bro. That called for simile or metaphor. No, no. bro. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Scooter got one speed. Reliving Kurt Cobain murdering himself. Listen, then... Verse two, let's talk about Lane Staley. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Drowning in misery, the nightmare begins when you close the door, you sat in your angry chair and tried to be you, the needle became your queen, the drug had become your enemy, and music was just a way for you to bleed. So I found out an interesting bit of trivia here. Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley both died on April 5th. April 5th, 1994. April 5th, 2002. But they both died on April 5th. Incredible coincidence. So, yeah. Yeah, so you got some pretty... I, 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 was, I was also stunned by the shotgun moment there. Really, he really went for it on that one. It's moody, but also up-tempo. Jenny thoughts on the day seattle died i don't have anything to add i'm with you moody up tempo people come for kurt cobain in the comments of songmeanings.com i that really i was just like i, I, I couldn't believe that people were just like oh I'm, I'm coming for him i'm like really now here why all right are Let's you ready for the next song yes uh, the next song is called Change the World. Thinking of the mess we I like this move. They've done it a ton. Like that move into the chorus. Where they kind of just like bring in the guitar. I never boof. It wanted to change. Like that part. It works. But it's also like the. The fifth or sixth time I've heard it on this record. Uh. Yeah, I mean, this one, I like that they kind of chug it up. This feels like the heaviest moment on the record. It's kind of a samey chorus, but at the same time, these boys are on a roll. They're on a roll. You can tell them to stop this roll? Stop it going? I mean, we could. But should they? No. Thank you. Jenny, thoughts on Change the World? Well, I was really hoping it was a cover of the Eric Clapton song. (laughs) <laughs> from the movie Phenomenon, but 
You don't always get what you want. But I thought the song was all right. Definitely feels like the back half of an album. I think we went from like a couple of songs that I thought were really good, like very clearly could be singles. And then the album just kind of like drops way off for me. Um, This is kind of one of the first songs that I think started to bring me back a little bit. I thought it was all right. You know, it's just about the effect that you have on people, whether you want to or not. So I dug into the charts to see what was what was number one when Cold debuted at number three. Like, what was going on on the charts? Yeah. Turns out, number one album that week, Marilyn Manson, Golden Age of the Grotesque, number one. Number two, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. Number three, Cold. Number four, Evanescence, Fallen. Number five, Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, I, I did not realize this. So this Marilyn Manson record came out the same day as this Cold record. And also, Third Eye Blind, Out of the Vein, also came out at the same time. That debuted at number 12 this week. 2003. 2003. What a year. What a year. I think we got a few left if we're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Up next is Black Sunday. chakras adjusted uh yeah long time first time dig this This feels like a back end type of song. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feels like a late in the album track. Uh, once again, when, when you go back to Scooter talking about why he was excited to do Supergirl, when he said, oh, man, I don't have to cry. I don't have to be sad on this song. Because my man chooses some sad, sad topics. We've got girl being abused in one song. We've got best friends dying horrifically in a fire in another song. This song, based on the info that I was able to glean from songmeanings.com, this is about um, a baby dying. Dark stuff. Yeah, from uh, sudden sudden infant death syndrome. So very, very sad stuff. You know, I mean, once again, 
uh, you know, he pulls the chorus off. He also mentions the name of the song in the song, which, Matt, you very much appreciated. I could tell. Oh, I drank it up. There you go. Uh, Jenny, thoughts on Black Sunday? I agree. It feels like a back half song. And yeah, it's interesting. It was interesting to learn what all these songs are about after he's like, oh, you know, it could be less heavy. It's like you don't have to choose all the worst things. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe that's why people relate so much to the songs. It's kind of like a corn situation where you write about like very, very dark, fucked up stuff and people who can relate are like, oh, yeah, for sure. And now I'll follow you forever. And you have my allegiance. So, yeah, it's very clear because I I, I don't want to I, I, it really feels like especially when you look at the later records, they really do double down on that on that aspect of things more so. I uh, also, like I said, I have a physical copy of the CD here. We didn't really talk about the album art here. The cold logo, very prominent here with the cold font. You're the spider. We have some uh, Asian uh, imagery there. Open up inside the liner notes. You get pictures of all the band members with their names written in. um, uh, Looks to be, uh, I believe, written in Japanese, but everybody has like a cool red tinge to them, which is kind of neat. Uh, and also all the lyrics pretty easy to read so thank you for that also uh, you get cold in uh, over top of what looks to be some gnarled trees and then when you unfold that out you get a lot of uh, some candid photos from the making of the album and also pictures of what i can only assume is various members of the cold army and their cold spider tattoos i'm just telling you matt i think it's time I think it's time to think about that cold tat. Hey, I've got bare arms that are ready to bear the arms of the cold army. There it is. There wow. it is. Quick wow. cue. How yes. respectful of our time is this record? This record, if you're listening to it as the CD itself, will come in at 63 minutes and 43 seconds. That does include about a 20 minute gap between uh, the last song on the album, which has killed the music industry and then a hidden track entitled gone away. So uh, it actually, when you're listening to it comes in at about 50 minutes, if you don't have to sit through that pause. So you could have absolutely listened to this album twice and came up with your own opinion. Oh yeah, we're running long. We're running, long. we're running long with cold. Uh, and finally, I just want to mention uh, in the cold thank yous uh, to thank uh, you know their families, their friends, Howard Benson. They also thank Stained, Godsmack, Cypress Hill, Limp Biscuit, Sierra Swan. They also thank a couple people at MTV.com, and most importantly, the Cold Army. There you have it. Most importantly. All right, let's listen to the official last track. It's called Kill the Music Industry. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> well, what if like that was it?
Maybe this is why Geffen was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh really? What's funny, because this is uh, this is another song in a long history of songs where people are like, the music industry? Hate it. I'm part of it, and I hate it. Tribe Called Quest has it. Corn, same year. Y'all want a single from Take a Look in the Mirror. Same premise. Then, one of the best, honestly, probably one of the best ones is Waka Flock of Flame. Fuck this industry. Top tier song. Incredible. Sarah uh, Barry Ellis comes through with Love Song. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there, see, it crosses genres rap, pop, Sarah Barry Ellis, all over. This one's got a crunchy riff. Also, it's mentioned, uh, I believe, in an interview or maybe in, in, the, uh, in song meetings that uh, they had a big party, which I believe is in the mini doc. Because that's where I think Scooter decides to jump on the the, uh, the ping pong table, the ping pong table, and break it. He damages it. Yeah, and uh, which earlier I don't know what the timeline is, but you at one point do see them play ping pong with uh, <laughs> yeah. with Aaron Lewis. It looks like they had put it back together. I guess it could yeah. have been pre jump, but it still didn't look like it was very straight. No, no. So, yeah, but they had a party, and then somebody had the idea to have everybody at the party sing gang vocals of the chorus. So you can hear everybody sort of yelling along later on in the song. Lyricist shows up once again in the comments with a story from Scooter. He says, the state of music today is crap. I'm not trying to pinpoint one person or one record company, but I'm just tired of everything sounding the same. It's funny, though, because when we start cutting this, Still didn't know what I was going to sing in the chorus. The title is the last thing I came up with for the chorus. We decided to do it with a lot of girls yelling that line. We had a party one night, and Howard had the great idea of bringing everyone in for a gang vocal. So there you go. That does also come up on the mini doc that Scooter is just fed up with this music he's hearing. Doesn't like it. Oh, man. No, he doesn't. He launches into a Moby impression Ooh. for the ages. And he says, <laughs> hey, I'm Moby. He just puts on like weird sunglasses. And he's like, hey, I'm Moby. I got a new album coming out. There aren't any songs. It's just a bunch of noises. <laughs> and, and I, I was, was like, got him. <laughs> he's got him. I forgot about the time in history where everybody was coming for Moby. You mean don't, right now? Don't <laughs> like, undersell how massive play was. Uh, I had it. I had it. I had it. We all had it. We all had it. We had it. Now, did any? How many people had? Uh, was it thirteen? Was that the follow-up record? Nope. Whatever the record was. No. No. I had, didn't have it. I had that. That was the one where <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy, I've been sold a bill of goods." Well, Olby, Old Moby felt like a bill of goods. Olby. Olby? Olby? Olby was good. Uh, yes. So then, so that's the end of the album. Then you sit through a long bit of silence. According to songmeanings.com, it's 13 minutes and 13 seconds of silence, a reference to the superstitious, superstitious nature of their previous effort, 13 Ways to Bleed on Stage. Oh, my bad. Yeah, that's 20 minutes total with the pause. Mm. And uh, and we get the song Gone Away, 
A Song for Star. Do you pray in the night? Can you appreciate the winds? And I will care, I will fight. I need you close to sing, it's the same Jenny, if you tell me this oh, is about yeah. Star Jones, I'm going to be <laughs> shocked. Matt, buckle up for the Scooter Star Connection. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most are, Matt, Matt, thoughts on Gone Away? Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's a sad story that would negate any any <laughs> comments I have about um, the song seemingly being unnecessary on the album. So I'm sure it's a lot of tragedy that makes uh, those comments look terrible. Matt, you would be surprised. This song was originally written for the Tough Enough, was it Tough Enough 2? WWF Tough Enough 2 soundtrack. It's about the age-old story. We just were talking about this on the Issues episode, being out on tour. Being away from your family, being away from your loved ones. In this case, Star, who I believe is Scooter's daughter. Coming back to see them. Like, I know I'm gone, but I'm going to be coming back. A story as old as time. And, uh, And he felt that this would be relatable to the wrestlers who are often on the road, wrestling on the road, away from their loved ones. It's true. It's true. Jenny, what'd you think of this one? It's a total hidden track situation. I can imagine, especially if you're a member of the Cold Army, digging this one out. When they were doing their um, their acoustic show and whatever little basement situation they were in, I was like, that's, that's why you got those hidden tracks. That's what it's for. That's like... I mean, when I think back to listening to lots of heavier records that would have like the acoustic, sad, emotional hidden track, like that's where I'd go. If if there was certainly not a breakup mix, but if I was in a sad mood, that's right where I'd hop. So it made sense. Mm -hmm. There's a music video for this song. There's two music videos, actually. Um, One is just a, a collection of crowd footage and I think a little bit of wrestling stuff and it's uh the version that's on youtube is pretty much unwatchable it's just all blurry pixels uh the other version has the band performing on a stage with uh shots of what i can only assume is the cold army um looking very sullen very angsty uh no smiles actually there i take that back there's one smile in the video it's a twist because you see a little girl running around with very long hair. She's like, a, she seems too young to be running around by herself. What's this little girl's deal? Where is she going? And it turns out she's going to Scooter. She's Scooter's daughter. 
And Scooter is sitting there playing the acoustic guitar and he sees his daughter and he puts it down and he smiles. I said, oh my Lord, happy Scooter. You don't see that normally. Normally it's serious Scooter. And uh, so it was a bit of a twist ending for me. I did not expect that part. Uh, but all of the um, all of the, the teens of, in the Cold Army, man, angst to spare. Matt, any additional thoughts on Gone Away? No, no. I, 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 we have we have too many of these songs on the record. It's just too many. All right, too many. It's All right. too many. Too much. Well, that, that is it. That's the album. That is the year of the spider. And some might say it does feel like a year. And uh, that brings us now to the part of the show. Cannon talk. Talk about the cannon. Uh, Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, so this album was better than I expected. I'm surprised that it wasn't more successful than it was. Uh, I think it has like a... I think it's very catchy, very radio friendly. I can see why people relate to it so much. I did not think it was new metal even a little bit. Um, I thought that it was firmly in that post-grunge alternative rock zone. And there's nothing I would put in. Although maybe in the junk drawer, Colt's one point. They do still have a point. It is on record. Oh. Yes, it's oh. it's getting lost in my cold army background. There but, it is. There but it is. it's documented. Um so they have a point uh but I would say nothing for the canon. Lauren, what do you think? Uh I wrote that that yeah, this is easily Cold's Peak. Uh this album, I mean, the songwriting is tight, the production is crisp. If you are a member of the Cold Army, I can only imagine that this album was a dream come true when it came out. The uh, the new parts are very small, only in textures, if anything, and it kind of completely goes away in the second half. Stupid Girl, as I said, when you listen to it, not really feeling all that new, but when you watch the music video with those dreads flipping around and everything, I mean, the, the music video, I feel, is iconic. I don't know if I junk drawer it, because it does, it, like you said, though, it's still sort of like, is it new at all? But... Um, but Supergirl is tremendous, especially the music video. Because I watched it a couple, like I said, I watched it a couple times, watched the making of, and I was never like, I don't want to see this thing. I don't know. I just thought they really knocked it out of the park with that one. Great work. Uh, but I would agree, overall, this is uh, not really a new metal record. Matt. Guys. <laughs> oh, shit. I have entered this album expecting to have the same amount of disdain towards cold i did on those first two records and i am pleasantly surprised by this record i enjoyed a lot of parts of it i just think there's too much of it too much repetitive theme too much of the same key signature time signature themes it's it it could have been 10 tracks agree I, can see I don't. Th- I don't think I'm out of bounds on that, but I will say the t- it is top heavy. So if you gave me those five kind of just, you give me, remedy, suffocate, cure my tragedy, stupid girl, don't belong like that is those are five, solid tracks in a row, and then just choose the other five, to your liking, you got a pretty solid record. But it still wouldn't go into the new metal canon. 
So what you're saying, Matt, is while you are not joining the the cold army, you may go out for the cold reserves. I might be in the cold National Guard. Okay. (laughs) All right. The cold National Guard. There we have it. All right. Well, all right. Cold, not in the new metal canon, but you have a point. And we all enjoyed ourselves. And that is it for another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to head on over to roachcoach.com. Order yourself up and activate the pit t-shirt and enter the contest. All good ideas for you. Of course, hope you're all staying safe out there during the continued pandemic still going baby and you know what else is still going side project summer it's still side, going side 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 projects it's coming we were gonna space it out but when we were just like nah man there's so many side projects let's just let's just keep it going so next next week another side project get ready for that as we continue along until next time jenny thank you lauren thank you Matt, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Remember all the times that we used to play? You were lost and now.